Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a quiet or calm conversation about the mundane. One thing that we try to deliver is a conversation that's less than fascinating so that you, our wonderful listeners, can drift off. And that's my pen hitting hitting the, the mixer, which doesn't help anyone sleep after I was talking to our guests about not banging on things. Without further ado, let me bring our guest. Today's guest is our social media manager from the UK, Amy Dyson. Welcome to the podcast today. Thank you for all the work that you do with regards to our social media content. It's so appreciated, Amy. And I just want to thank you on the podcast because I feel like I thank you in emails and when we when we converse, but I never get to thank you on behalf of myself and our listeners. Oh, thank you so much. I, I really enjoy it. So We're going to try putting up videos and do extra little fun things for everyone who's listening. So if you see a, a quiz or a little question out there, feel free to answer it. We're going to really try to push some social media boundaries that I'm not so skilled on, but Amy certainly is excited about pursuing, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, it should be good. I want to talk to you about holidays today because you just said you finished university for this year and you're on holidays. What makes a great holiday for you? Um... I think to me there's like the two holidays there's like the the sort of city break like going sort of um to a city either in your home country or somewhere else uh, for a couple of days or there's like the beach holiday and I think they've both got um their perks um I went to Rome uh I think three or four years ago with my mum and like we only went for three days I think and um we tried to do like everything and it was really lovely, but it was so busy. Sure. And I think contrasting that with the holidays I usually have, we usually go to Portugal for like two weeks and we go to the beach and we go to like the pool every day and it's a lot more relaxed. So I think there's definitely the perks of both of them. And I'm not quite sure which one I do enjoy the most because I think sometimes um, when you're on like a beach holiday, it can get quite... Um, I don't know you get into the it's very relaxing but sometimes you want to do something a bit more you know the last time I hear what you're saying with regards to beach or city holidays and with a city like Rome there's so much to do and in three days you want to accomplish so much that the last time I was in Rome 
I said to myself, I'm only going to do one thing. And I just wanted to go to as many fountains as I could and take pictures in front of fountains. And I think I got to 22 fountains. And that was my exploration of the city, just following along and trying to run into different fountains and uh, seeing things along my way to fountains. And that was one of the things that I did last time I was in Rome that you just you just brought to my memory. Oh yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, I think I think we only saw Trevi Fountain and maybe another one. Um, but yeah, there definitely is a lot to do in Rome. But we managed. It. I remember by our our third day, we did a open bus of the city, right. and we realised we'd actually already seen everything, <laughs> um, despite only being there for like yeah three days. So that's. That's good job then on your part. And there's joy to be had in both the relaxing, say, beach holiday and the city exploration holiday. I wanted to ask you, what reading do you bring for each of those holidays, if you, in fact, bring reading? Um, so I usually take some books. I've tried to get into magazines before, but I'm not really a fan Um I think if I go on holiday, when we go to Portugal for usually 10 days, I take three books. Um, in the past, it's been sort of books for study and stuff, but not so much anymore. Um, I probably try and take one uh, one book that I'll start with that is not heavy, but isn't quite so easy going, maybe like more of a classic or sure. something that, um focuses on some sort of issues and then I'll take a a nice quick probably a young adult book to just like whiz through sure um and yeah and then just a a third of something that like I'm not desperate to read but if I could get into reading on holiday that would be good um but yeah I probably try and take sort of a bit of a selection so that I can sort of decide when I'm there does the size of the book or the fact that it's hardcover or softcover make a difference for you when you're um, on holiday? I don't tend to read hardcovers anyway, um, but okay. I do buy uh, probably like 95% of my books um, from charity shops. So I do, um, if there's a book I want that's only in hardcover, I will buy it. Um, sure. I don't tend to take those abroad because um, when I'm at home, I usually read like in bed or on the sofa. So I find hardbacks are a lot easier to read when I have like, when I can like lay and like hold sure. it. Um, so yeah, I usually take sort of uh, soft covers and but in terms of like the size, like the number of pages, it doesn't bother me too much. Um, I think I've got some um, like longer ones that if I'm reading them on holiday, I'm more likely to get through them. Um, so sometimes I'll try and take a longer book just so that I'll get through it as opposed to like being at home, maybe I'll read a couple of chapters a night and then it will take me even longer to get through it. I see. So what do you take when you go on holiday to read? You know, so Amanda takes a lot of magazines, so I'll often read her magazines, which aren't necessarily magazines I would buy for myself. But I was on a beach once and I didn't, I forgot to bring some reading material, a book or something. But the place we were staying at, it was a resort. They had a section of books that people had left behind. So I looked through them, and there were some books that I had already read. And the only one I could find that I hadn't really read or had a little bit of interest in was a 
Christmas romance novel. It was a, a Harlequin romance, and it was about a cowboy, and um, it was around Christmas time. And I was reading it on the beach in summertime, and Amanda was so embarrassed. She's like, "Why are you reading?" Texas cowboy comes home for Christmas for the holidays. And it was like a good looking guy without a shirt on with a big cowboy hat kind of leaning in for a kiss for a woman who was on a bed or something. It was like one of those typical Harlequin or romance novels. And I just thought, well, I've never read one. So I want to read what it's about. (laughs) You know, when you're on the beach with a friend and one person's reading one type of book and you're reading another and every once in a while you'll check in and you'll say, oh, get this, this is happening, right? So every once in a while, I would turn to her and say, oh, get this, they knew each other when they were teens, or oh, get this, he had a riding accident, he was on a bucking bronco, and he fell off, and now he's in the hospital. And I would just give her updates, and she'd turn to me and say, what are you reading, and why are you reading? But I had so much fun just reading it and relaying to Amanda the silliness that was in this novel. And Uh, I just thought it was funny that I was reading about Christmas things and snow while I was on the beach. It made me enjoy the holiday even more. (laughs) Amy's just laughing. She's trying not to laugh (laughs) right now. Um, I'm just trying to picture it in my head. Like it just seems so such a juxtaposition. It's just funny to read a book that you wouldn't never read when you're on holiday. I think it's a great time to be, be trying different things. We we had mentioned fountains earlier in the episode. Do you have a favorite fountain anywhere in the world in your hometown? Oh, I don't I don't really know many fountains. Um... Well, I'll let you think. While you're thinking about your favorite fountain, I'll tell you that at my university they had, they have this horrible fountain that was made out of bronze that was commissioned by an artist, and it's two giant phalluses that kind of bend at the top and have heads that are looking down and water's coming out of their noses or their mouths. It's the weirdest. It has nothing to do with the university. It's a horrible looking fountain, but very memorable, I guess. Um, I'll try to find a photo of it and we'll put it up on our social media, but it is the most bizarre fountain. It's certainly not my favorite fountain, but that's, that's one of the fountains. One of my favorite fountains to see was in Salzburg, Austria. I had gone, speaking of tours, you had spoken of a tour that you did in in Rome. We did a Sound of Music tour, so we followed all the sites that the Sound of Music took place. So it was me and a friend, and we were in our 20s, and a bus of older women on this tour in Austria. So you can imagine. And he had never seen the movie, and I had seen the movie, and we happened to be in Salzburg, and we're like, why don't we go on this tour? And... They took us to the fountain where I guess the kids dance around or she splashes water and it has a big horse. And just seeing my friend take pictures with all these older women who were on our bus in front of this fountain, I'll never forget that particular fountain in Salzburg. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah, I think, I guess mine is probably going to have to be the Trevi Fountain just because it's just so, there's just so many like details and stuff. Um, And I think we did... We went there, I think we went there twice, um, just because one time it was really busy. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's probably quite a popular a popular choice. <laughs> if you were to think of the closest fountain to where you are now, 
what would that fountain be? And I'm going to ask our listeners to think of the fountain that they're closest to. And what is that fountain? And send us photos of it, if you will. And I'll try to think of the fountain that I'm closest to. Gee. I guess, I, guess um, I know there's one in Trafalgar Square, but I can't remember what, I feel like it has a name and I don't know what it is. Okay. Um, but there must, there must be one closer. There must be one in Oxford or somewhere. Okay. I imagine. My closest fountain that I can think of is in Dundas Square. And it's like the square itself will shoot water out at certain times. So I don't know if that's technically a fountain. You just have to be aware that you're not standing in the area where the water will will shoot out or you'll have a a refreshing surprise, shall we say. <laughs> Do you so I noticed that you have brightly colored nails. Um do you paint your paint your nails when you're on holiday, or do you paint them before you go on holidays? I'm always fascinated by nails and nail polish, because Amanda will put it on anywhere and any any place she feels. And there's often paint nail polish splotches in our car, and once there was one on the sink in our bathroom, and, and I'm like, what happened here? And she's like, I paint. I'm like, I've got to chip away at this so it doesn't stain. But I always feel like I'm. I'm ratting out Amanda in this podcast, but I'm not. It's just something I find fascinating. So do you paint your nails, if you paint your nails, prior to holiday or while you're at holiday? Um, I probably paint them before and then I take it with me um, with the intention of topping it up when it gets a bit chipped, but probably not actually doing it. I see. Um, I think because... I'm in the water quite a lot on holiday. It probably does come off quicker than usual. Um, yeah, I probably... I've only recently got into more of a ritual of actually doing it quite often because I didn't used to have very long nails. Um, but now I do. I'm like, oh, it's nice to have them painted. Um, but yeah, I probably would do them as like holiday preparation and then be like, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely paint them when it starts coming off and not actually do it (laughs) sure does the color palette change on your nails depending on the holiday you go to so let's say the city holiday versus the beach holiday are you using a different color palette that's a a very good question yeah um i think i mean i've got like a, a kind of a bright pink at the minute right um but I had been sort of having quite a like a soft pink or like a sort of nude sort of colour, um, which kind of worked um with lots of different things. I think maybe if I was gonna be adventurous, it would be like on a beach holiday, like I might go for like a blue or like a, a brighter colour. Um Yeah, I don't I don't know. I feel like it's something I've subconsciously done, but sure. I've never really thought about it that much. All right. So let me ask you this. If there's a holiday that you haven't already taken to a place you'd like to go where you think you would wear the strangest nail polish at that place, where would that place be? And I'm going to write down what I think your answer is going to be so that when you say it, I can show it to you. Almost almost as if I'm doing a magic trick right now. <laughs> um. For some reason, I want mm-hmm. to say Paris, and I don't Ooh. know why. Okay. 
Well, I did not say Paris. I don't know if you can see what I guessed. You can tell our listeners. Oh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas, yeah. I am not I'm not a good I'm not a good what are those a mentalist or someone who can read minds clearly. That's not a strength that I have. Yeah, so definitely, Paris. Definitely somewhere. Um So that would be city holiday. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. In my mind Paris is quite a um experimental style-wise place. Um like lots of different sort of fashions and stuff. So I feel like in my mind it's somewhere you could sort of anything would go and like sure. you're not really going to stand out too much. Certainly that a city like Paris, I imagine like London is not going to give you a sideways glance if you're wearing different color nail polish or a strange hat, let's say, or a different hat, not necessarily a strange one, but one that's not as common. And I think you're right. I think they're much more open to different styles and different fashion that other places perhaps that are a bit more conservative might not be. That's awesome. Thank you for taking me down nail polish lane with you and talking about that. It's just something that I always find uh, fascinating. Um, I don't get my nails polished, but I am a hand model, so I do have to get them sort of, you know, manicured. And it's one of the things I really don't enjoy is going to the manicurist to get my nails done. Not because I have a problem with it, but because they don't shape the nails properly. They always want to shape them longer and they have to be, mine have to be a little bit more stubby looking. And so there's always a conversation that I have with the nail technician saying, no, I need it a little, and I'll ask them if I can show them and I'll grab the nail file and they don't love that. And so there's always this moment of, am I going to be that person? But I have to be that person because my nails have to look the way they have to look on camera, which is the most bizarre thing ever. It's it's funny you mentioned that because um I think you've mentioned a few times on the podcast about mm-hmm. your hand modeling and every time I, I like sometimes look at my hands and I have all these scratches and stuff and every time I think I couldn't be a hand model because I just end up with all these scratches and it just oh every time I look at my hands and I have a scratch I'm like Marco's hand model like um it's just one of those things that like it's just it's just become something I always think about now and I always end up with loads of like just little scratches and stuff I'm like I I don't know where that's come from like <laughs> you don't realize it because you use your hands so often every day and I do mention my hand modeling because it's a quirky strange thing that I happen to have fallen into without any it's just a weird sort of set of circumstances brought me there and I never used to tell people that because I was always a little bit embarrassed and I didn't think I was like because there's no training one can do like you don't go to school to be a hand model and at what point do you feel comfortable saying I'm a hand model well after my fifth or sixth commercial where they were using my hands someone said to me well you're a hand model and when they put a request out for hand models your agent sends it out so I said oh that's how I know and they're like yeah you don't it's not like you sign with an agency but there are agencies that represent different body parts um, but I, I, I don't, I have an agent who represents me for voice and theater and as a side thing, hands and, uh, you know, about the scratches when I book, uh, a hand, a gig, let's say like when I'm going to film a commercial, let's say a coffee commercial, I think was the last one that I filmed where I was holding a coffee cup. No, it was a sausage commercial. I was supposed, I was standby hands. Um, if you can believe it, Amy. So they liked my hands, 
but they didn't like them enough. They liked someone else's hands more. So I was standby. If the person they liked more could not be there or had a hand injury, I would step in as a second pair of hands, if you can believe it. I know she's just like, Amy's just looking at me laughing, but this is, this is the truth. So I was standby hands. And when you have a hand uh, gig, I'll say, you, you don't have it the next day. You might have it three days, three days away. And so you've got to be very careful with your hands not to get, like you said, scratches because it takes time to heal. So there was one time I had a really big campaign for oatmeal and I was shooting for three days. So I would have to wear gloves. It was the summertime and I would wear gloves anytime I went out because there's a high chance you're going to get injured when you're out of the home by someone not realizing and riding a bike into you or you stumbling and falling or a door that doesn't open properly and you nick your finger. And so I was wearing these these gloves in summer and you don't traditionally wear gloves in summer. And I didn't want to wear heavy winter gloves. So I found like these white mime gloves or gloves that really fancy waiters would wear. And I was walking. This is, this just makes me sound like a a clown, but I was walking in the city with these white gloves on. And my friends were like, you're insane that you're doing this. I said, but I have to, because I have three days on set. I'm the hands of this oatmeal company. And they were very specific not to injure my hands. Sure enough, doesn't somebody in a bike smash into me? And luckily I had my gloves on and everything was fine. And for three days I was on set holding oatmeal and putting spoons in oatmeal and blueberries on oatmeal. And that was my, my hand gig that day. So, so yeah, that's, that's a little glimpse into the hand world. But I guess my hands are, aren't, you know, making it these days because I'm standby hands now. Yeah, that's definitely one of the um the the jobs that people don't realize are out there. <laughs> is there a job that you had or have had that is just a funny when you look back you think it's just so funny that you did this this job? Oh, I don't know. I once uh... sprayed cologne on people when they came into the the mall around Father's Day, and I was sm- spraying a horrible smelling cologne, but I had to do that for fa- for three days, like two days before Father's Day and on Father's Day to encourage people to buy this cologne for their father. It was one of the worst jobs I've ever had. People would hate it, and I would be spraying people. I would ask them, of course, but it was I was in an, a cloud of cologne for three days straight. And it took me four days to wash it all off. You, you could smell me from a mile away. <laughs> At least you smell nice. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Amy's thinking. I don't think I've had a, okay. a weird job. Yeah, hand modeling, <laughs> spraying cologne. I worked for a marketing company, so we would they would have us do silly things at events, and uh, I once worked as a corporate a corporate spy. That was fun. I had somebody, a friend of mine, asked me to be a cl- or a patron of their competitor to see what their competitor was doing and where they could improve on their competitor. And so I gave them a full report back. So that was a fun little side thing I had. So all these little silly things that come your way. And they're usually, the silly jobs are usually a one or two day thing. 
At least that's my experience. So back to holiday. You're done school for the for the year. What are your plans while you have this time off? Um, so I went down to uh, Bournemouth uh, last weekend to see a friend, um, which is uh, south coast in the UK. Um, so we like went in the sea, and that was really nice. Um, yeah, I didn't. I just a couple of days before I went, I was like, if I'm going to the coast, I'm gonna get in the sea. That's great. And um, we 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 got in. Um, we got changed at her house, and then we went down and we parked up, and it was really windy, and it was quite cold, and we were like, no, nope, we're gonna we're gonna get in the sea. And then we sort of put our bags down and like got into our swimming costumes and we're like, it's still really cold, but okay. we're gonna do it. Um and we did it and it was it was nice. It was it was a bit pebbly the beach, so it okay. it was hurting. Um <laughs> and the waves were quite big because it was quite a windy day. Um but that was if I do nothing else for the summer, that was my like the sort of peak beach holiday summer. Um, I see thing that I've done um yeah just seeing some friends from university really I've got a friend coming this weekend um that's wonderful and just trying to make the most of um seeing yeah seeing friends and stuff I did um dye my hair pink as well I I see it now I see it I didn't (laughs) notice it before it matches your nails actually yeah um it was funny I painted my nails when my mum was um away I was like, I'm painting my nails. She was like, oh, they're very pink and a bit girly. Um, I don't really I don't really do pink, she says, with pink nails, pink hair and pink headphones. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I work in a school at the minute, so um okay. so I've got some like wash wash out um hair dye. Um so hopefully it comes out before I have to go back. <laughs> what made you get the pink hair dye? Um, when I was in Bournemouth, I got okay. some, uh, sort of pastel pink hair dye Okay. and we were like, we'll give it a go. Um, and it didn't really show up at all. And when we, when I bought it, there was some like bright pink hair sure. dye. I've, um, and I was like, oh, I'm not, I can't commit to that. Um, and then the other stuff didn't really come out. So I was like, I think we'll just go for it really. Um, so yeah, I feel, um, I'm really enjoying it. Um, that's wonderful and it hasn't because i'm not too blonde it hasn't mm -hmm. come out bright pink which is sure because when my friend did it she was like oh she was a bit worried um that it was going to go wrong but i was like the worst thing it's going to do is not going to show up and like as hair dye incidents go that's not the worst thing really Um, sure yeah so let me ask you this your friend that you visited did you oblige her to go into the sea with you, even though she lives by the sea and could go at any time? So this is the thing. I I messaged her a couple of days before and I was like, you know what? I really want to go in the sea when I come and see you. And she was like, oh, I was going to say the same. So we got there and stuff and we were in the sea. And then we were talking about it later. And I was like, oh, when was the last time you went in the sea? And she hadn't been in the sea for like two years. And I was wow. like, but you live by the sea. <laughs> um. And yeah, it was just really funny because I just, I was saying to her when I went to university in Canterbury, it's, um, there's lots of coastal places within like half an hour, really. 
Um, and I met a lot of people that lived like in South End. One of my friends lived in Hive. Some lived in Brighton. And I just remember when I was at university having just a, because we're like an hour from Bournemouth. So like we drive down to Bournemouth if we want to go to the beach. Um, but we can also get to quite a few other places. My parents just been down to Weymouth for the week. Um, but I remember being at university and being shocked that people actually live by the sea because to me it's somewhere you go like for the day or like for a holiday and I just remember being like oh wow some people they live by the sea like one of my friends lives like basically on the seafront and I was just like I was just shocked that um obviously I knew people live by the sea sure but I was just in my head it was just somewhere that like you go for a holiday or for a break and I thought oh wow some people have this like all the time and I think with my friend in Bournemouth that was probably I think because it's there, she doesn't really appreciate it as much, maybe. Um, but yeah, so she did get in the sea with me, and okay. I think she was quite glad for that. <laughs> now, this same friend who we haven't mentioned, feel free to send a shout out to her if you want, Amy, or if you'd rather her remain anonymous. Did you also oblige her to color her hair? And if so, what color? Uh, no, so she'd okay. done hers recently. I think I see. she had purple. Okay. Um, and as we were doing it, she was a bit like, "Oh, maybe I should, maybe I should do mine." Um, but no, we didn't. I didn't quite um, get there with her in the end. But I think, I think she was tempted. Fantastic. Well, she sounds like a fun friend. I have to say, she's she's in it with you. Whatever you want to, whatever, whatever you want to get up to, she's she'll be there with you. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think we'll do a lot more adventurous things. Um, when we meet up again definitely that's wonderful well amy listen thank you for taking taking us on your holiday and your holidays to come and your nail polish on holidays i really appreciate that yeah thank you for having me and to everyone else there listening to our podcast we hope you enjoyed it and we hope you were able to listen and sleep <laughs>